We're back. From uh, outer space. <laughs> From lo-fi arts, this is Refigure with Chris and Reefa. A weekly dive into the arts, culture, tech and diversity. Hello and welcome to Series 2 of Refigure, the Chris and Reefer podcast. Have I got a new jingle? Yeah, it all sounds totally different. Is it a techno jingle? No, it's kind of like... I'm Chris. And I'm Reefer. And how are you, Reefer? I'm really well, Chris. We are back for another series of Refigure. Each week we'll be talking about our favourite bits of culture that we've consumed. Arts, culture, tech and diversity. We've got some amazing episodes coming up in the future. We'll be going to um, Primavera Festival and doing a podcast there. Which is in Barcelona, one of the many music festivals that they do. And the reason it's so exciting is this is probably the first music festival that is 50-50 male to female artists but also they made a whole big deal out of it and called it hashtag the new normal yeah man (laughs) that'd be amazing also about two days after the brexit date we are flying into europe when we're no longer in europe and we're going to do a podcast from somewhere in southern europe probably greece or somewhere like that we're gonna see what it's like to just try and fly into europe when whatever's happened has happened it's totally fine also we'll be doing a podcast from copenhagen where we're going to eat at uh, sanchez the mexican restaurant in copenhagen are you just mapping out the year 2019 this is all within the next 15 this is all within the next 15 weeks okay this is all season two okay there'll be other things in season three all right cracking on what have we been watching i'm going to talk about it first so russian doll is on netflix it's a series it's absolutely brilliant natasha leon who you'll recognize straight away from orange is the new black she's the main character in it it's beautifully shot none of that bbc cheap lighting rubbish that you get if you liked killing eve you'll love this it's like a sort of cross between groundhog day and something that Charlie Brooker would knock out. Maybe there's a bit of Killing Eve in there. The soundtrack's quite similar. The character she plays will remind you a lot of um, the character she plays in Orange is the New Black. Jesus fucking Christ, that's dark. Are you going to tell me what's going on? I keep dying and reliving the same night. Does it hurt? (laughs) Yes. You seem fine. I won't give you too many spoilers because I can't really tell you anything, but there's some excellent characters. The diversity is off the chart. Um, There's a beautiful bit about toxic masculinity in it as well. All the male characters are going through some kind of heartache and uh, all quite vulnerable. And all the women are really kooky and amazing. If you like New York, it's going to show you that side of New York that you really love. Russian Doll is showrun by Natasha Leon, so as well as playing the lead role, she's involved in the writing and directing. She co-created the show with Amy Puller, so it does fit into kind of half-hour slots. There are eight episodes, and you can binge it in four hours. So it's structured like a comedy, but it's actually an amazing, either magic realist or sci-fi, I suppose, drama. Basically, it's the Groundhog Day idea. It's kind of like if 
hipsters living in a Lena Dunham Brooklyn type environment. It's not like Lena Dunham's New York at all, actually, because there's like some black people in it for a start. It's kind of like if hipsters from high maintenance or maybe girls, Lena Dunham type Brooklyn, had to go through a Groundhog Day type scenario. And it unfolds in a kind of Charlie Brookerish near future horror type way where she becomes aware that she is just dying and then waking up. Although it's got so much more humour. When we watched Bandersnatch, it felt like um, there'd been some editing or committees or people messing with that concept. Oh, it's vastly better scripted and it feels bigger. I mean, we could moan about Bandersnatch, but we shouldn't really. But that was a... Um, but, but I just really love it anyway. But that was a show that felt really small, wasn't it? <sighs> I don't know. It's really hard to do things differently, isn't it? <laughs> we haven't seen a million times before. You're totally things right. Things that we haven't seen a million times before. This is why whenever we see anything refreshing, anything new, and let's face it, the fact that you've got female protagonists now is still really interesting and new. You know, it really is. Women can be funny. Women can be interesting. Women can be, um, you know, continually evolving within the scenario. Like, she's not playing any stereotypes, but she's playing familiar kinds of characters that we can recognise in the same way that when we first got excited about Fleabag and then we get excited about Killing Eve and then we got excited about this, it's like... I'm never going to stop being excited by this sort of thing because it, that's what's new. Whereas Bandersnatch, for me, was like, how many blokes have they got to be and why are there only like two women in the whole thing? I'm not going to bang on about it, but I'm just saying that there are things that could have been more interesting. The fact that she's a computer programmer, a software developer, games developer is quite nice too. Well, one of the other aspects of this show that people are going to have to get used to more in women lead characters and did seem to struggle with it. Some critics flagged this up and some people struggled with it. It's a certain kind of acting that almost feels like uh, quite flamboyant, almost like a stand-up comic in the role, like constantly coming out with very witty, thoughtful things and being the lead character is something that, even in the recent past, male actors would get a free pass for, where women actors would tend to get called up, called out for it, or kind of criticised. She says some amazing rude stuff, she's very vibrant, she's flawed, she does all sorts of crazy things. Funnily enough, she's a person. Exactly, and all of those things work completely, but they are all a language that we're still, that is still, it's new. Yeah, and it's really exciting it for a lot of people because of that. We're still so caught up in who's this thing for when they're selling crap to us, you know, like selling culture to us. If it's got a woman on the front, you know, oh, well, it's not for me, you know, like, or maybe there are certain kinds of bloke that won't watch it because it's a woman's thing, right? And exactly the same thing for having black characters. You know, it's not even conscious maybe sometimes but if there are black protagonists so we watched um sorry to bother you or a black person on the poster or two or three black people on the posters they don't think it's for them even something as simple as there is a black guy that turns up in russian doll a little bit later on and he is a much more kind of gentle bourgeois kind of unhappy mainstream type middle class character than Natasha Leon's Nadia who is much more kind of hip and edgy and lives in a kind of drug-addled haze and it was r really interesting that 
it's still a thing that that would be a black character. Even I was like <laughs> surprised and also a bit like, what does this, is this real? Is this like, a ca- oh my God, it's awful. Like, I'm so I don't know what you're talking about. I'm now. trying to say because the character of his girlfriend is doing a PhD and she's got this normal accent of a of a Latina woman or whatever. She's also in this fancy house with fancy artwork. And we don't see that very often on American television. So it was a bit of a surprise and it takes a bit of getting used to. One of the interesting things will be, assuming a kind of optimistic outcome where we do equalise to a much greater extent who gets portrayed how on TV and who we see, right? Say there's an optimistic future for that, which it feels like at the moment, it feels really exciting. It will be interesting to see in a couple of decades when we look back on this era, is some of them really are brilliant and some of them aren't, but we won't know until we've normalised that view. I think as well, you have to think globally, it's like people in the West, like execs who commission work, everybody's making anything, understands that they have to sell their stuff to a global market crazy rich asians you know it's got different languages in it it's got different cultures all clashing it's got stereotypes it's got just a fun movie but it's who's at the heart of that all white men are in the minority and the point about crazy rich asians the point about that film (laughs) is i don't even well where was i getting (laughs) That is a mainstream rom-com. Very sweet, very nicely written, almost no white people in it, and that's almost the point. You can't underestimate the energy that it takes for people to get up in the morning and to be that person and go to work and do that job, whatever it is, or be the only non-white person in the room in whatever company they are, be the, the first black woman MP, or to go on the radio and be that black face, to do the things. We have to keep going with it. Okay, and with these things need to continue and we need more people on board but at the same time don't get complacent thinking that everything's shifting and changing so I went to see Free Solo which is the National Geographic film about the free solo climber Alex Homold, who's basically this kind of new legend in the world of climbing. Free solo climbing specifically is when you climb without a rope or without any safety gear, so it's an incredibly dangerous sport. Does it feel different to be up there without a rope? It's obviously like much higher consequence. People who know a little bit about climbing, they're like, oh, he's totally safe. And then people who really know exactly what he's doing are freaked out. I've thought about all cap like for years and every year I'm like, that's really scary. I'll never be content unless I at least put in the effort. Anyway, this film is really amazing documentary that has just won the BAFTA for Best Documentary and it's Oscar nominated as well, so it's getting some attention, which may mean it will stick in the cinemas for a bit longer. It's just one of the best documentaries I've ever seen in the cinema. And one of the main reasons is for this last half hour sequence. So the film is about Alex Homold's attempt on El Capitan, which is this extraordinary huge rock, like mountain face type rock. It's uh, just under a kilometre high, 
he's been obsessed with it for seven or eight years and he decides he's going to learn it well enough that he's going to try and climb it. Anyway, it's a film by Jimmy Chin and Chai Vasahelyi. Jimmy Chin is a really experienced climber and filmmaker himself, so a lot of the filmmaking is halfway up the rock. They are climbing up it themselves, obviously with ropes and equipment and using drones and things like that, but try not to get in Alex's way once he's plucked up the courage to climb this thing, to climb it. And when I say climb it, he is climbing an absolutely terrifying vertical mountain that is almost a kilometre high without any safety gear or ropes. And he just... I was barely aware of free solo climbing at all when I heard of this film. And actually, I was really lucky I got to see it the day after they won the BAFTA with a Q&A with the filmmakers, and it's an extraordinary film to watch in the cinema. So although you might think, oh, well, it's a documentary about climbing... If I'm going to bother to see it, I'll see it when it comes on streaming services. I would highly recommend seeing it on seeing it on the big screen if you can. And if not, it's going to be on, I don't know, whatever National Geographic stuff gets put on in March. Nice. Nice. I need a mouth organ. Mm. I need a note. Mm. I think I've been brainwashed a bit by um, Six Music because they keep playing this artist from Houston called Lizzo and she's got this track called Juice and uh, she's an indie sort of hip-hop artist I just basically fall in love with her Uh, it's really good music to listen to on the way to work um, to your office if you are a lady no anybody anybody it's for anyone Juice is a track and good as hell and she had a record that came out Lizzo Bangers came out in 2013. Anyway, she's had, she's got a single out and um, the videos are really fun as well. She's about body positivity. The out, her new album comes out in April. What are you reading for? What are you reading for? What are you reading, my dear Aoife? So I'm reading um, a book that got recommended to me. Brené Brown, who you may know from the TED talks that she's done i'm really not into the stuff around shame and whatnot generally but um somebody recommended it so i thought okay let's give it a go daring greatly which is terrible terrible name but anyway daring greatly how the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live love parent and lead it's not really i'm not reading it for me i'm reading it to learn to help others she's a texan woman who's done a lot of research around topics like shame and this one is about vulnerability okay so she says the real struggle for women is that we're expected to be perfect yet we're not allowed to look as if we're working for it we want it to just materialize somehow everything should be effortless the expectation is to be natural beauties natural mothers natural leaders and naturally good parents and we want to belong to naturally fabulous families Think about how much money has been made selling products that promise the natural look. And when it comes to work, we love to hear she makes it look so easy or she's a natural. Anyway, interesting book so far. It's kind of not really a self-help book, but it is, I suppose. She's basically presenting her evidence around this topic. 
I'm reading K-Punk, The Collected and Unpublished Writings of Mark Fisher, 2004-2016. K-Punk was his blog, which is an incredible pioneering blog, kind of scattergun, philosophical, and meanderings about all sorts of stuff, critiques of different elements in culture, and he's an extraordinary writer, an extraordinary thinker, far more kind of chaotic and rough-edged than academic writing and I think partly that was a deliberate reaction against his experiences in academia and he was a hugely inspiring just casual conversational bloke as well. The only disadvantage is it's an enormous fat heavy book and I kind of think they could have put it into two volumes or something but uh, it's really good. Uh, So that's K-Punk, Collected and Unpublished Writings of Mark Fisher, published by Repeater and edited by Darren Ambrose. I'm also trying to read Proust, thanks to my lovely friend Ben, who finally made me start reading Proust. De la recherche du tombe in search of lost time. It's enormous. If you happen to be aware of Proust, I'm about one-tenth of the way through Swan's Way. But I am going to finish it this year. I'm going to read the whole thing, definitely. This feels like the Anna Karenina thing with me, where I just got halfway through it and I thought, I'll sod this, I'll just I hate all the characters, including Anna herself, and threw it in the bin. And just threw it all, you know, just got rid of it. I really (laughs) tortured myself trying to get through that book. I'm very quickly going to recommend something that uh, UK based folks may not be that aware of, although I'm sure everyone is, which is the article that Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, Dick Pitt, (laughs) wrote on Medium when the publishers of the National Enquirer tried to blackmail him. They basically said, if you don't call off your investigation of us, we've got a load of photos of you from your private um, email conversations with your girlfriend. We're going to publish them. And he wrote this absolutely incredible, it's hilarious article on Medium where he himself exposed the email conversation that they did trying to blackmail him and including kind of really graphic descriptions of the photos and including their lawyer's horrible, a really horrible, horrible sleazy sort of legalese way of saying, if you don't, call off your investigators I'm going to do this it's a brilliant read it's really worth finding so if you go to Medium and you search Jeff Bezos you'll find him now I'm no fan (laughs) of Jeff Bezos and his business practice and everything about him he's not someone I'm interested in it's like gangsters doing a gangster thing on a gangster that's what happened yeah I see what you mean although we passionately disagree with his global business methodology and some of his beliefs fundamentally he's a good faith actor and fundamentally pecker who runs the national Enquirer, is not is is literally a, th- a gangster and is blackmailing people that's enough now. and like culturally the positive impact of someone as huge as jeff bezos coming out and saying you cannot sexually blackmail me i'm yeah. gonna own this is really important good it's a massive good yeah i get it particularly as we've got so many different exposés coming out from all kinds of different people who seem like they've apparently got power or they seem that they might let's put it like bad behavior coming out everything's coming out in the wash basically it's all been predicted and that's our show for this week thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for joining us no thank no, you no thank you no, no. thank you, thank you. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just, you know. What have you got going on this week, Rufa? This week, one is hosting, um, yours truly. You. Moi. <laughs> Moi? You. Um, what are you doing this week, Rufa? I'm hosting. Re- say it again, because I interrupted you. I'm hosting, I'm the compare of um, <laughs> the Story Conference, which is on the 22nd of February 
It's the brainchild of Matt Locke, who runs Story Things. It's the 10th anniversary. And we've also produced a book of some past talks, which was super fun to produce. I would spend £100 on a ticket just to see me speak. The Story Conference is at Conway Hall in London from 10 o'clock on Friday, the 22nd of February. You can get all the information you need on the story.org.uk website. I'm also going to plug Jim Bob's gig at Shepherd's Bush Empire. Uh, there are fewer than 100 tickets left for that now. It's on the cusp of selling out and it will probably sell out within the next week or two. I played piano for him a bit last year. I don't know if I'm doing that this year, but yeah, get tickets now. Just uh, type Jim Bob Shepherd's Bush into your preferred search engine and you'll find a ticket link. Well, I've got a She Says Brighton event happening in Brighton at the Salis Benny Theatre on the 8th of March. It's part of WeSpringForward.com, which you can look at all the free events that are happening throughout March. There's some really good, fantastic free events that are happening. But the She Says Brighton event is my one, which is if you go to She Says Brighton hyphen Women's Day 2019.eventbrite.co.uk. We'll do a little search you'll find it if you search for she says brighton on eventbrite will you yeah. find tickets yeah oh that's great and it's free is it you have to give a donation the minimum is a pound oh brilliant but there's free food and drink Woohoo! if you want to get in touch with us uh, we are on facebook at facebook.com slash refigurepod that's facebook.com slash refigurepod and we're also on insta at refigureuk nice what, what do you put on the insta what goes up on there i put pictures of things that we've been talking about oh that's cool excellent and pick sometimes odd pictures of you <laughs> that's what i was worried about no no jeff bezos type pictures though no thank you Talk to you next week. Cheerio. Cheerio, Pops. Don't fly.